0: Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast, actual play of the Mom's Mask Adventure Path.
1: Time for nothing. some tomb raiding. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, wait,
1: laboratory, <laughs> raiding, laboratory. Not tomb raiding,
2: I was going to say, it's the laboratory tomb, the rare laboratory tomb.
0: Substantially less tomb raiders, substantially more Resident Evil.
3: It's, it's episode 109, <laughs> by the way, if anyone <laughs> is uh, confused. What do you think we're going to do in this episode,
2: guys? The same thing we do every time, Hollis? try to save the world?
1: Yeah! C- rolls <laughs> a
2: one. No. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's probably yeah. true.
0: It's kind of every time. When last we had left the doorkeepers of the Duat, the party, having successfully defeated a colony of basilisks, bascalo- yep. basilodes, whatever. Basili. Basili.
1: Basilini. There we go. Basilinis. That sounds like an Italian dish. It yeah. does. It's definitely
3: some
4: pasta, <laughs> oh, whatever. Makes, it makes me think of, like, peach bellinis, which then makes mm. me... Yeah.
1: Makes me think it makes of me my thirsty. wedding. Yeah. Because <laughs> we had frozen peach bellinis in my wedding. It was awesome.
0: It's true. Also basilisks. <laughs> the party, having defeated the basilisks, had rescued two individuals, had freed them from stone, had spent some time talking to them. One of them, a dwarf, a man out of time, frozen for 2,500 years, I believe it was, had informed the party that he believed he could direct the party to the location of Chisisek's tomb, a location that he and his group were taken to during a sandstorm by a sphinx in time immemorial.
4: Which it's we probably Teddy Sura.
2: There's got to be more than one sphinx out here, y'all.
4: That was our grandma, Teddy Sura, the first. Well, Sorry. Sphinx are, remember, we found out Sphinx are functionally immortal unless they're murdered, so. Mm.
0: Yep. They can only die by violence or a broken heart.
4: Aww. Is that true?
0: <laughs> no, that's a Lord of the Rings reference. Oh. Because elves can only die by violence or a broken heart. The party had then, uh, after a brief discussion, had debated back and forth before eventually determining that the obvious course of action would be to plumb the depths of Narmer's memory for some reason.
2: <laughs> 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 because
0: that's going to be the most reliable thing here. Why didn't we think of this
4: earlier? Hey, why are you being mean to Narmer? (laughs) Narmer is amazing.
0: Everything just had a slight blue shade, like a mid-2000s movie. (laughs) (laughs) The party had, uh, well, I guess really Hollis had decided at this point to remember her abilities. And yes. go, wait a second, I can cast a spell that could literally just take us there. Also, I could see the dwarf's memory and feasibly cast a spell that could literally just take us there, too. Why am yep. I walking around like a freaking chump? Um, <laughs> I know,
3: right? <laughs> what the heck?
0: It kind of occurred to me afterwards as, like, technically speaking, from the top of the, the Falchion Ridge, you could actually see the Merchant's Oasis. It was just oh. a blue line in the distance. So you could be like, oh, that's in line of sight. Teleport. Uh,
3: <laughs> maybe we'll do that. That sounds great. <laughs>
2: we'll yeah. get the best of both worlds. We'll get to go to the Merchant's Oasis and get to go on our little side quest. Here. I can
3: prepare two per day.
2: <laughs> get
0: ready for Hollis to start abusing her powers. Or at that level. Or inevitably you'll hit that mischance. And the, we had left off this story with the party linking hands, preparing themselves, and then stepping sideways into the darkness as Hollis had cast her teleportation spell. And I believe I had asked Jessica to roll percentile for me. I did. Something that she has been politely sitting on for a week now. Like a
3: chicken. On her Like eggs. a chicken.
0: <laughs> like sugar herself with all the patience in the universe. Yeehaw, so, y'all. I
1: got a sixty-one.
0: Sixty. Mid numbers are one. good in teleports. Which if I remember my teleportation <laughs> chart is on target. Uh-huh.
1: Now, on target, does that mean, like, bullseye on target, or are we just saying that she hit the board?
0: Technically speaking, it means that you teleported to the exact location that Hollis was envisioning whenever she cast the teleportation spell.
1: Nice. So that means we should be able to see cool stuff.
0: Hollis, you take a second. Extend your hand. Imagine you're doing that classic from every movie. Let's just say Avengers Infinity War. As you all stick your hands into the center, replace your hands on top of one another because you all have to be touching. Focus your arcane magic. Envision the, the sight. Really put yourself back into Narmer's memory. It's very easy to do, much easier to do, since you just literally experienced the memory of the sights, the smell, the feeling, muted as it was through the metallic skin of Narmer, mm-hmm. of being in that place. For all of you, it's for a moment that's almost impossible to describe sensation. Almost like you missed the last step while going down a set of stairs. It's this moment of you feel like you've moved from place to place but somehow your stomach has been left somewhere behind in the transition. There's a whoosh sound that surrounds all of you as suddenly your mass goes from where it was to displacing the air where you're arriving as it pushes out from you and you can feel the sand kick up around you. And while Hollis has arrived you on you're going to guess on target all of you drop that last few centimeters like to hit as your feet hit the ground. As I imagine you collect yourselves, Citra probably whispering off K. Hound as Falto's favor. The Wayfinder that Citra wears flares to light and casts wide light and shadow
2: around a spacious room. Studio grab is ever burning torch too, just for redundancy. Okay, I'm assuming this is the place then, Hollis
0: Masika. This place is so much larger in your and Narmer, and therefore through Narmer, Hollis's memory. To the point that you kind of look around and, like, Hollis, you sit there and go, wow, the, the ceilings in here are a lot shorter than I thought they were going to be.
3: Oh, right. Like, she was real little. That's why this all feels so much smaller than I thought it was going to be. Oh, no, you're standing uh, through my eyes and I'm about a foot tall. You're also real little. I sure.
0: As you look around, you stand in a room, a spacious room. The ceilings in here are still about maybe 12 or 13 feet in height. The room from one side to the other, you would say, is maybe 30 foot and seems to be roughly square. It's difficult to determine the exact dimensions. Four thick pillars hold up the ceiling overhead. Each of these carved with lines of hieroglyphs that trace across them. In the center of the room where you've arrived, almost where you landed on top of, since it was the closest point that Hollis knew, is this stone table. It looks like one part, almost a almost like an embalming table that you would see in a mortuary temple, but more of a workbench. Small springs and gears and rods are scattered across the surface of this. A silent, quiet, still form covered in cobwebs sits. doesn't really even sit considering that he has nothing from the waist down, just is there propped up at the end of this table a four-armed mechanical figure with a vase plate with two holes for eyes and nothing more racks line the outside walls covered in a variety of different odds and ends what looked to be baubles and gears half-formed mechanical animals occupy the far corners of this room ranging from what looked to be maybe something like gazelles to variety of maybe fish and other things that look more avian in design on the far side of the room you can see a clearer area which seems to be maybe a number of tables surrounding some sort of propped up table at an angle like you would expect something like a uh, something a scribe would work on some place that papyrus scrolls would be prepared one corner of the room the ceiling seems to have collapsed And sand forms down into this sloping landside of sand, which is about maybe three feet at the top. And then as it gets down towards the bottom, occupies the entirety of the 10-foot northern corner of this room. The air is painfully still. And all of you get that disconcerting sensation, like this popping in your ears as the pressure in this room is much different than the pressure when you were outside.
1: So I'm assuming this is... I mean, how shall we say it? Narmer's father? Grandfather,
0: It's my father. He's exactly like I remembered him. Narmer he stands is. and stares up at him. Hey, Dad. I've been doing good this whole time. I know you never told me that because you never told me anything, but I've been doing Mas- good.
4: Masika pats Narmer on the head. Oh, and you
0: remember Masika. <laughs> oh, and this is Hollish. Hollish is a wizard. And this is Shooty. And this is Citra.
1: Citra grins and, uh, like gives a little nod, even though this thing's not alive, but she figures it'll make Narber feel better.
4: Can I make a craft clockwork check on the sage to see now that, you know, I'm not a six-year-old and actually know a little bit about this, if there's anything I could do to try to fix it?
0: Okay. Uh, Hollis, what were you wanting to check?
3: Hollis wants to go
1: and look for writings or something in that desk.
2: Okay. Sudy? I'm gonna read the hieroglyphs on the wall. Citra?
1: Citra's going start looking for secret passages and or doorways. Nice. Use your magnifying glass. I am.
2: Nice. So,
0: Hollis, go ahead and give me a linguistics check. Sudi, go ahead, go ahead and give me a knowledge history if you have it. I do. Uh, Masika, go ahead and make your craft for your clockwork. And Citra, go ahead and roll me perception. And we'll start with Hollis.
3: All right. Hollis rolls a 16 for a 27 on her linguistics check.
0: And follow that up with, uh, give me a knowledge engineering if you have it. I think you have all the knowledges.
3: Can uh, Sugar help me?
0: Uh, I'm assuming you took her with her. Yes. She does count as part of you for the purpose of the teleportation. (laughs) Uh,
3: Sugar, stay here and guard the camp. She does help me. So I get a 22. I rolled a 10 and then Sugar helped me.
0: Okay, Hollis, you look over. I imagine probably whisper off a light spell or crack some sort of light or something so that you can read better as you're getting further away from Citra and Sudi. Reach that back portion of the room, start to go over the scrolls scattered here. Many of these are ancient, but fortunately, this tomb has not been compromised. And you guess, other than the time that Masika fell in through the frickin' ceiling, up until the time that the sand eventually filled in that gap entirely, that was probably the only time that fresh air had made its way down here in millennia. And as such, the scrolls are in surprisingly good condition.
3: Heyo. Hollis is so excited.
0: As you enroll the first couple of these, you kind of look from one to the next. Yeah, I'm sure there's a part of your mind that's like, oh, maybe there's a journal here or something like that. Uh, but as you look at these, you can tell that these are complex schematics. <laughs> Almost all of them seem to have been written by the same hand. Some of this you can certainly understand as it seems to be simple enough as far as you know clockwork devices and such. Some of this is stuff that is even beyond your understanding of engineering, these complex devices and seemingly a combination of magic and mechanics rolled into one. I'll give this to you for free. You can tell that the the arcane formulas on this are not those of what you would consider a divine spellcaster. This is more along the lines of
2: something a wizard would do.
3: Ooh, uh... Hollis is going to keep all of this well carefully and put it in into her
4: background. <laughs> Apparently it's
2: Hollis's birthday today.
3: Yes, this is Hollis's
4: birthday. Masika gets a 21 on engineering before she even rolls. Maybe, you know, let her look over them. That is kind of her specialty <laughs> as well. Uh, but in the meantime,
0: Masika off to the side. Uh, what did you make for your craft clockwork?
4: Uh, a 27.
0: You really only determine two things pertaining towards this that the party hasn't already known. You think... Hollis's estimation from viewing Narmer's memory is correct this is probably something akin to a clockwork mage but it's wholly unique the second thing that you determine as you look over it is this construct this creature there wasn't any damage it's just incomplete just seems like it was given life and then abandoned
4: so I would need another stone like Narmer's to wake it back up
2: Yes. Or you'd have to finish building it. Like It should also be know.
0: pertinent to State uh, because of the way that it was destroyed, in essence, by giving up its life essence there. Even if you were to restore it and restore it as an intelligent construct, it would not be the same intelligent construct that it was before. It would yeah. not possess mm-hmm. any memories or personality that it had previously. In essence, the Clockwork Sage is dead. Mm-hmm. Citra, what did you make searching the surrounding walls?
1: I rolled a 10, unfortunately which gave me- Average? Yeah, I know. It was perfectly average, uh, which gave me a 23 plus five for my lens of detection, so 28.
0: After some searching, you do locate what appears to be a secret door. Yeah! Hey! Yes. As you reach it, you kind of lean down. You look over this door. You don't know if it's cause for celebration. As you can tell just from pushing against this uh, by knocking on it, it's a door of a sort, in the form that there is a stone block here and there was once a doorway here, but the stone block was dropped down in such a way as to seal this for Aww. all of time, much as the ancient Osiriani would do to their tombs when they left them. At some point, someone left, dropped a block in place, and then sealed this entirely.
2: Aww. You wouldn't happen to have stone to mud. <laughs> <I> no. <know. laughs> <laughs> well, Passwall an or any of those other options. Yeah, literally, any of the things that could get us through this.
3: Let me see what I have.
0: Sudi, as you look over these hieroglyphics, unlike the rest who can, you know, Hollis can look at a couple of those scrolls and determine what those scrolls are. Masika, it takes Masika only a few minutes to look over the clockwork sage and come to her determination. Citra is searching for a little bit longer as you see her slowly circling around the outside. I'm sure that there's probably a part in Citra's brain that despite the fact that you do have Hollis here with you is uncomfortable with the idea of Hollis being the only means of exit from this place.
1: Yeah, it is a a little (laughs) bit unnerving.
0: Sudi, you spend the better part of about 10 minutes or so looking over these walls. Looking over the columns, basically, which are covered with these hieroglyphs. The hieroglyphs are broken down into four different groups, and it's almost a little difficult for you to read it. This is ancient Osiriani. I think we've established that Sudi is not the most literate character. True. In addition to that, they seem to be using a number of hieroglyphs that don't seem to be in common use even for that time period. Hmm. Like maybe they're using an even more archaic form of Osiriani.
2: More so that than like it's
0: in a cipher or something? It doesn't look to be intentional and you can a lot of times just use context clues from everything around it because you can still read a majority of this but every once in a while you go, I don't recognize this bird or what Mm. this bird means.
3: Who is this bird?
2: (laughs) Tell me
0: your secrets, bird. You do realize that two of the pillars are covered in prayers these prayers appear to be to the ancient Osirian god ta hmm. you may make a knowledge of religion if you have it I think so okay.
2: I do have a little bit of knowledge religion yeah. that little bit gives me a perfect 20 for a 25 nice nice there's my one perfect 20 for the session so with the 25 you actually know a great deal pertaining towards ta sweet
0: Ta is commonly referred to as the Lord of Eternity. He is the God of architecture, craftsmanship, creation, and metalworking. Cool. According to ancient Osirian mythology, Ta is the Demiurge who created the universe through his thought and creative word. He is the artisan of the gods, a deity of creation and the arts of architecture, invention, metalworking, and sculpture, such as Ta's creative power that alone amongst the ancient Osirian gods, he created himself huh he is the fire breath of the earth and earthquakes and tremors are said to be signs of his disfavor Uh, Taw is the husband of Sekhmet and an ally of Ra and Maud. although he normally remains aloof from divine politics he has come into conflict with Apep and Set when those gods attempt to destroy his creations Mm. Ta normally appears as a man wearing the wrappings of a mummy with a simple skull cap on his head and holding a staff in his hands composed of three combined symbols of his creative power, the Ankh representing life, the Jed pillar signifying stability, and the Waz scepter symbolizing power. At other times, Ta is depicted as a naked and deformed dwarf, uh, and it is in this form that the pomet dwarves of Osirian
2: venerate him.
4: He's oh, also cool. who Masika follows.
2: Oh, we're learning about Masika mm-hmm. It's happening. Cool. I also, like that just like, yeah, we've got this guy, he's
0: kind of an artisan god, and he's the god of craftsmen and everything. Oh, also he's married to the lady of slaughter. Anyway. Yeah, I know. I thought that was kind of a it's a it's a subtract uh, hey, kind of thing. Yeah. You know, odd couple pairing. Hey baby, I made you a new sword to slaughter the humans with.
2: Exactly. Well, I a new way to murder, I call it the catapult. Yeah. The catapult. Ha <laughs> you got the joke. Yeah.
0: The second set of pillars, however, Sudi, as you glance these over, to be about this time that everyone else is finishing up with their tasks, seems to detail the life of the architect, Chisisek. Ooh, finally. Details. What is everyone else doing at this point? Because at this point, like, Sudi's like, ooh.
2: Okay, these two pillars are prayers to Ta, the god of invention, creation, other positive things, um, which is very fitting for a (laughs) workshop.
3: okay. Uh, yeah.
2: also you know, married to Sekhmet uh,
3: yeah and the
2: other two I haven't gotten to them yet but it does seem to be a biography of Chisasek well you yeah,
3: buried the lead
2: there Sudi what's burying the lead
3: oh gosh also I found these here scrolls maybe since you're good with them clockworks you might get more out of them than I do they're real fancy and I hand them to Masika Masika likes fancy engineering scrolls
1: well I found the secret passage but it's not going anywhere what do you mean? Like in most tombs of the pharaohs, when they don't want anybody to get into it, they put a big old block of stone in the way.
2: Oh, that makes sense.
1: Do you think that block is less than 18 cubic feet
3: of block?
2: That seems oddly specific. Why?
3: Well, I might have a magical solution, but it depends on how big you think that rock is.
0: <laughs> uh, anyone that has knowledge engineering may roll it. Uh, also, I'd love a knowledge local as well.
3: Oh, I do have that, so I rolled I rolled a 6 for a 16.
2: Uh, I rolled a 5 for a 15 engineering.
4: And Masika gets a 33 on engineering. Yay. I rolled a 16 for
1: a 30 local.
0: Okay. Uh, I'll give this to Masika, probably from just years of her people's stories and everything, and Citra from active experience in tomb robbing. Yep in addition to this block which they would have dropped down in front of the entrance they would have then filled up the entirety of the passage with rubble stone and detritus and sand since this is underground so you could feasibly i think you're probably going to disintegrate
3: no shrink oh, okay. item
0: oh, okay yeah so you could feasibly shrink it at <laughs> I don't that point have to you'd be able to, yeah at that point you'd be able to dig your way to freedom but you would still need to get through the tunnel
4: and it's probably just a tunnel to the surface or somewhere nearby
2: I mean, possibly it seems weird that there's not like a storeroom or anything off of this place. like that's what's weird about well, it mm-hmm. as
0: you look around this entire room almost seems like a storeroom. it's again, just it's basically odds and ends yeah, I mean it's basically like you've just walked into a, like a pear shop thing. It's just like nothing but walls full of parts hanging from the ceiling and sh- racks and shelves full of various pieces and so on and so forth. It looks like it's almost like you're in some sort of dedicated workshop, not any form of tomb.
2: Does it have a sleeping area where somebody could potentially be sleeping? Uh, the only thing that
0: you could see that seems to be any form of creature comfort. Hollis would have noticed this when she was looking at the area where all the scrolls were. Is one of those double U-shaped chairs that the ancient Egyptians used. Oh, okay. The ancient Osirianic people, where it's just got. Although at this point, the leather that would have formed the seat of that is decayed to the point that if you set this, you probably just break right through it but that's the only creature comfort that you see down here.
4: He probably got in and out the same way we did. This was his secret workshop and it was
3: sealed either after his death or when he knew he was dying. Or when they murdered him and put him in his own pyramid. But I'm going to detect magic. So I cast my spell to detect magic to see if there's anything cool.
2: I guess Sudi will read about just a sec. Well. Uh, what are the rest of you doing?
4: I'm looking over those uh, scrolls Hollis just gave me.
1: I'll join Sudi and deciphering the hieroglyphics about Chisizek.
0: Okay. So Hollis first off detecting magic, turning in a slow circle. No, there's surprisingly nothing magic left down here. Then again, if he was a great wizard, he was probably buried with all of his magic
4: Hmm.
0: wherever he's buried. What does Masika get on her knowledge engineering?
4: I roll a 17 for a 38. Okay.
0: Wow. From what you can tell these are plans for building a variety of complex clockwork devices of just an almost obscene variety of different purposes. I mean, some of these are obviously like these are soldiers and these are like clockwork familiars or clockwork spies and things like that. But other of these are just like excavators and various fish designs. And the most probably complex of these that you can see is what appears to be a golem, for lack of a better term, it appears to literally be a golem you can climb inside of.
1: That it is... Like a mech suit. It's a mech suit!
0: That is operated from the inside like some sort of complex magical device.
4: Could it's I make these, any suit. of these? When I get craft clockwork construct at 12th level, would I actually be able to make any of these things with these schematics?
0: From what you can tell of this, the last one, it isn't a construct. It's actually some sort of wondrous item,
4: so I could make that now.
0: You could try to pursue researching this and figuring out how this works. Hmm. It may take I think I could time. make
4: these.
2: Wait, seriously? Neat.
4: Yeah. I mean, it's just clockwork. It might take me some time to research it, but it's just Narmer armor, but on a bigger scale.
2: Hmm. Huh? Cool. Might I be mean, worth what looking the, what into it. what do? They do?
4: Well, I mean, there's a bunch of
1: different constructs, and this one's a suit that you climb inside. Well, would be really slow and heavy? Uh, could we scavenge any parts from in here that would be helpful? I mean, I'll have a look around.
0: Huh. Uh, if pertinent, also just looking over this, you would note that this would probably require enough for all supplies equal to about 45,000 gold.
2: Uh-huh. Hmm. Wow. So. But a mech suit. <laughs> 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 That's the best find all day.
4: You give Masika 45,000 gold and she will build you a mech suit.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: that's how we not defeat Not only can combat. Suti get
2: big, Sudi can get armored.
4: It's a wondrous item. It's not armor.
2: Oh, that's right. It is. Ooh. I don't know why I want to do this. It just sounds really cool. Yeah. I mean, all, all you need is 45,000 gold
0: and 500 pounds of bronze. just 500
1: pounds that's not that we're going to meet some dwarves
3: (laughs) yeah you know they'll
2: just have that (laughs) line around
0: sure
3: bronze right
0: (laughs) yeah let let us check our pockets in the meantime however citrus sudy you start to look over these pillars chisisek's story seems to begin with according to the hieroglyphs with a storm some sort of vast sandstorm and what appears to be a woman wandering out of the desert She seems to have been met by the people who lived here. This woman heavy with child, who bore this child into the world, who according to the descriptions on here started speaking at age one. Whoa. Apparently, according to these, the child could read and write by the time that he was two. And then following that, it seems that he actually began helping and improving the situation of the people out here to the point that he was appointed as a, an elder of the tribe here by the age of seven.
2: What?
3: Often legends exaggerate. Guy,
2: <laughs> you hope so. Wow, that's nuts. There are a
0: number of interesting elements here where it seems to talk about Chistasek's brilliance as well as his mastery of magic outside of the norm. It seems to imply that he wandered into the deserts and would at time return back with new knowledge. Imparted upon him by spirits of sand and storm. So maybe talking to elementals. Uh, That he then transcribed into scrolls and stored below. It goes on to talk about how he mastered an ancient form of magic from, according to the hieroglyphs, some form of skeletal or undead being. Mm. that resided in what looks to be here it just shows it as a circle inside of. it's again one of those hieroglyphs you don't recognize a circle inside of a circle although anyone who has knowledge of the planes
3: I got that let me roll a nat 1 can Sugar make a check? let me see that my nat 1 gets me a 19 by the way
0: oh, okay.
3: Uh, Sugar however rolls a 17 and gets a 27
0: hmm a circle inside of a circle that's not a symbol commonly associated with the Osirian, but I have seen that symbol used in representations further off towards the West. Remember when we studied with that folk who came over from the Megambians? Oh! And they said that they used magic that they'd learned from even before or older than that. I think this is some sort of demiplane or symbol representing it. Hmm.
3: Sugar says this is some sort of demiplane that... Yeah, a long time ago we, we met with some people from Magambia um, interested in magic school there anyway uh, and they uh, they talked about a place that this symbol kind of makes sugar think of and it was older than that some sort of demiplane type thing
2: what's a demiplane
3: mm, it's like a world but not fully a world a wizard can make one
2: wait you can just make places
3: well when you're strong enough if you have enough learning I, I don't have enough learning yet wow I don't think it
0: seems from this that the implication given here is that this is where Chisisek learned of the art of golem craft hmm. as well as clockwork. It may be pertinent that according to this description, he was also 12. Okay. <laughs> Again, you don't know. Following that, he seems to have returned back to his people and then somehow seems to have completely reworked their society, their way of life. The depictions here, it's interesting because every time that he reappears in the hieroglyphs, the depiction of him is larger, of which for Sudi might he might immediately assume, okay, it's because you know they're showing them as he's growing up. For Citra being a little bit more familiar with the ancient hieroglyphs, size doesn't denote actual size in the hieroglyphs. Size denotes importance and so as he became more and more important to the people he began to grow in essence in size to the point where they depict him at some points here a full head higher than all of the other people in his tribe as you begin to look over you you finish up with this first one you move on to the second pillar and sudi and citra both of you see a single symbol here it makes you hesitate as it's a symbol that you've seen before although it's a symbol that shouldn't exist here Mm -hmm. is a symbol combining the symbols of magic and approval formed inside of an oval making into a cartouche and therefore a name of Hakotep.
2: Mm. What? Okay. So this place didn't get found and scrubbed like everywhere else.
3: So, how does this guy who's worshipped in his tribe go to work as an architect for Hakotep? That seems weird.
2: No, well, we haven't gotten to that part of the story yet.
1: Oh, well, read faster. He's just learning.
2: Mm. Sudi, you hear wind.
1: Uh-oh.
2: Uh-oh. a soft,
0: rhythmic sound. Like a swoosh.
2: Swoosh. Soon swoosh. he's gonna glance up at where all that sand filled in the hole that Masika fell through all those years ago.
4: It's the mask.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my
3: god! <laughs> Was, that's what it was. I, that's what I thought it was immediately. I'm a dumb
2: dumb, y'all. Me and Sudi have a lot in common. We're both I'm sure you should trust Sudi with this artifact. <laughs>
1: <I'm> concerned, <laughs> we might be trading. To
2: Gracious. be fair, Jordan's the first one to forget that he has it, so he's the least likely to use it. To be fair, it has not given <laughs> me a vision in like 20 episodes, so it's been a bit. That,
1: that is not true.
2: No, it it's, it's has been, been 20 episodes. It's been like I think eight, maybe. Eight it feels
3: like 20 because the fate of tails. Yeah, That's true. The,
2: <laughs> fate <of touch. laughs> the Studio, I guess, will glance around, of course, Silly, before he like thinks of the mask.
1: Are you all right?
2: The mask is making... Sounds like wind and the... What, the beating of wings, maybe? You triggered it by seeing his name. I mean, maybe. Names are important. I guess watch me while I put it on.
3: All right, I'll do that Hopefully, in the least creepy way happens. I can imagine.
2: Studio will... Pull out the mask, hesitate, and don it. You slide on the mask. Masika's never seen the mask before
0: in its power. Sudi, you feel the mask as it settles on your face. Shifts, reforms. Cool like mud sliding across your skin. Creepy. The headdress is still, of course, over your ears. And through that, you can hear this wind. For a moment, you feel like you can feel motion, wind blowing across you, whipping across you. As your eyes open, you see ahead of you a perfect, cloudless azure sky. And then beneath that, a thin line separating where sky meets earth. And then below that, an endless sea of yellow and orange. This you see past this thick neck. Covered in feathers of gray and black, thick and muscular. Attached to the back of this is a complex saddle, wide enough to accommodate four. Although there's only two, let suppose with you being here three. Wings, which from tip to tip stretch the better part of 80 feet, stretch off from either side of you as you find yourself on the back of a massive hawk of disproportionately huge size.
2: Is this like a rock or something?
0: Maybe. It's huge. It seems to be the size or maybe even bigger than the bird that you'd seen at some distance when you were in the parched dunes. Hey. Wow, weird. The air smells faintly of ozone. And despite the heat of the day that you can feel beating on your back, this cool rush of wind flows over you. Ahead of you, you can see two figures. But before you can really take the men, the bird banks. One of the men, the older man grabs on to the edge of the saddle. And for a moment, you feel an urge to as well before you realize that you're sitting almost free floating as you follow along in the scene. The bird banks and dives. And below you, you can see that your original vision of this endless sea of sand is wrong. Below you, Reflecting the sky above is a brilliantly blue and green oasis, like an eye staring up at the sky, a blue center surrounded by greenery. The bird dives sharply, pulls up its wings, and then beyond the outer edge of this greenery, this oasis, it flutters down before landing in a foosh and sending up a storm cloud of wind around it, sending sand scattering in every direction. Distantly, you can hear shouts coming from the oasis. The older man wearing robes of black and white and wrapped around him what appears to be this mantle, this, this leper's skin, steps off of the back of the bird quickly, breathing and gasping, grabbing at his chest as the second man, tall, lean, muscular, handsome, slides off of the opposite side He carries easily with him what appears to be a crook on one hip and a flail on the other. His chest is bare. His skin bronze, although there's a strange scar that you can see on his lower left abdomen. Almost black and veined. The man turns back, takes a moment to stroke his pharaonic beard as he looks over the other man. (laughs) I find it... Surprising Nahamra that as a high priest of the lord of magic, you of all people are afraid of heights. Oh, fear is a sign of respect, my pharaoh. The man nods his head. And of course, where you command that I go, I follow. However, I don't know what you expect to find here. The other man turns, looks over the oasis. The four wise witches have never led me wrong, my friend. They tell me that I will find the man I seek here, the man who can deliver us. Do you need help, old man? He turns back as the other man shakes his head, waving it away with a smile. Of course not, my young pharaoh. Lead on. Sudi, you've received visions. You've spoken with Onuris in the past about the visions he'd received. You've seen the boy. You've seen the young man when you saw the vision of him approaching the woman out in the streets of what you can only assume was Sothis, that strange priestess that predicted his rise to power. You've seen these visions and you can tell that this is a man, not a teenager, not a child. He must be late 20s, maybe 30. Tall, strong, fit, a little weathered, head shaved, bald, but you can still see the resemblance to the boys that you saw before. This Nahamra, however, seems to be older. You know that when Onyris described him first, he must've been a man in his forties or fifties. This man looks to be probably 70. The two figures cross the sands. A few guards, men and women, step out from the oasis. As they approach, however, the Pharaoh lifts and raises his crook and flail; These glint in the sunlight, and as these soldiers see them, they drop to their knees as this man passes. He stops for a moment. You hear him speak to one of the soldiers. Although only a single word immediately catches your attention. Just a sec. The man eagerly leaps to his feet and begins to lead the way through the oasis. And it's then you notice it. There's beautiful trees and foliage, and even farmland surrounding this oasis and buildings and a tall tower and a manor house sitting up on a cliff you were here this is the salt oasis before it fell into ruin the man leads him through here up to the edge of the water ahead you can see a large crowd that seem to be gathering around praying cheering Nearby, you can see a statue depicting what you can only assume is Ta, judging by the symbol that he's holding above his head. Although they don't seem to be necessarily in prayer to him. As you step forward, as you follow in the wake of this pharaoh of the other man, of this Nahamra, you reach the edge of the water, and there you see a man, scrawny, stripped to his waist, wearing only white linens, standing knee-deep in the water and holding a strange not anthropomorphized as you're used to seeing it but a strange silver catfish the man the boy you think he's maybe late teens early 20s has a disheveled shock of brown hair has kind of that unhealthy look of someone who just doesn't eat enough like he hit a growth spurt a few years back shot up two feet and then the rest of his body just never kept kept up and even from here you can see a number of his ribs Mm. sounds like me as a teenager (laughs) sounds like so many of us you can hear his voice as he begins to speak to the people the pharaoh slows as if listening now friends I understand everyone's concern but I promise you that this will work pardon the pun swimmingly he holds up the fish now I understand that a lot of you have said that there's been a taste of brackishness to the water and I spent some time I thought about it and I believe that the oasis that i dug up from the reservoirs seems to be possibly tainted. He hangs his head. For a moment, you see something seem to crest out of the oasis like a giant serpent, hmm. except for it clicks and clacks and grinds before going back down. Now my diggers will continue to bring up the water from below. You understand that the pressure differential, the water there wants to come up. And it will, and there's salt, but I've built this. He holds up the fish again. It will swim through there, collect the salt through a fill, uh, uh, like a strainer. And then when it collects all the salt, it will then spit it up. They kind of look curiously between one another. One woman steps forth, the water will be safe to drink. Yes, I will build this one and then I'll build a number more and then they'll swim. It'll be like a silver school of fish purifying the water for all of us. The people kind of mumble amongst themselves before one person after the next begins to clap or cheer. The boy gives an awkward half smile. Okay. He then turns around, hefts the fish over his head and just two-handed throws it out into the water (laughs) as it splashes and then sinks out of sight. A few seconds pass as everyone sits quietly before there's kind of a plop sound as you see this catfish crest out of the water before diving back down. (laughs) The cheering begins once again. A number of people come out to pat the boy on his shoulders as he just kind of awkwardly nods, making his way forward. And then he sees the man you followed. The crowd seems to follow his gaze before they all drop to a knee. Even the ones in the edge of the water drop down to a knee to the point they're just barely chins above the water. The boy curiously just kind of stands there. The crook and flail the symbols of office you're the pharaoh
2: oh Oh, no he doesn't show proper respect
0: he gives a curious look the man nahamra steps forward you stand before your god and pharaoh hakatep first of his name hakatep right sorry we don't get a lot of word out here in the desert he makes his way forward it's at this point that you notice the markings Tattoos on this man, tattoos on the other men and women here, similar to those that you've seen on the various tribespeople out here. Although you've never known the tribespeople of this land to not be nomadic.
3: Well, they tried it and then his machines broke and then he was dead.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. The boy still doesn't bow as he steps forward. I'm just sick. It's an honor to meet you. I understand that you've done... Amazing things. Well, actually, I understand you disappeared into the desert for like a decade. But I understand that you've been doing great things other than that. Well, I guess really it's the people that have been ruling in your stead. But I understand great <laughs> things. I'm Chisasek. <just laughs> <laughs> this Our boy's going to beat. A did I say that already? <laughs> yes, you did say your name is just a Sec, And I am Hakatep, your pharaoh. Right, right. There was something... He looks around as if trying to remember before noticing everyone else. Oh! He then bows down to a knee. <laughs> Sorry, I don't do this. He gestures between the two of them. Do what? Talk to people much. Uh, um, can I help you? Because I'm kind of in the middle of a thing. Uh, <laughs> but I guess you're here for something. I'm here for you. For me. Oh. Oh. If it's about that thing in a peck, I was hardly there. Um, guilty conscience much (laughs) the pharaoh kind of waves a hand everyone else may go the people the native inhabitants of this place all kind of get up and then wander away looking back over their shoulders some of them nervously Nahamra leans in you still staying close enough to the pharaoh to hear I think this is a mistake my pharaoh this man is the pharaoh holds up a hand to my understanding gifted just a sec oh yeah uh, can i stand now or was i supposed to go also you may stand hakutep steps forward and probably to many of your surprises extends a hand down towards the man i don't um i don't i, I don't touch people ah please rise just a sec gets to his feet kind of awkwardly shuffles i made a fish I don't know if you saw it. I did. It was (laughs) impressive. Everyone understand that this was a empty, barren land a few years ago. Ah, Yes, I made diggers. Uh, They dig. It's kind of in the name. I probably should have been more unique with that, but they dig. They they are going to dig water up from below, and I plan on making a crossroads. I'm going to establish a rotation of different places where we can grow food for my people. These are my people. My people here. These people around me that have left.
2: <laughs> Is this the
1: spirit of Narmer as a real person? <laughs>
2: okay. All right. Head yeah. cannon. Chisisek's death is actually him getting put into the sage to then get put into Narmer. We've been with Chissa all along.
3: Well, I mean, we saw Narmer's body get thrown into the water earlier.
0: Goodness. So, um, why, why, why? What can I help you with? Is there a place we can talk?
4: He's going to take yes. this poor innocent child and make him make a death pyramid. Let's see who he is. he's a bad
1: guy. This is like some Ender's game stuff right here. (laughs) Well, he's actually like a teenager. I guess he's not a little
2: kid. Although, to be fair, I think he originally did it because he's trying to fend off the um, the Shori invasion.
3: Yeah, but we don't know how much of that is actually a thing that was going to happen.
2: Oh, that's true, because, you know, Osiriani, probably similar to Egyptians, doctored their history.
3: Obviously, like that's the whole reason we can't find Hakatep information. (laughs) Yeah, good
2: point, good point. The boy
0: Chisisek leads the pharaoh and the priests around the outside edge of the oasis here, across the land, across these open area of tilled earth and what appear to be paddies that have been built out here filled with water and crops. (laughs) Strange what looked to be mechanical maybe beetles it's hard to tell dig furrows and trenches here to make plots for arable land overhead you can occasionally see these flying mechanical birds which streak by before seeming to drop or spit down these bags or seeds to the people below before flying back to retrieve more i i i know you do you don't get out here uh much my, uh, by your your pharaohness, my uh, lead. Uh, the pharaoh holds up a hand. hakatap hakatap is fine. hakatap okay. <laughs> uh, I uh, our our people don't have much to protect or defend them, uh, and so if you are concerned, you should not be concerned. I am not making any death machines yet.
4: No, no, I, I want you to make death machines, <laughs> my sweet I summer child. <laughs>
0: You've made these devices to help your people. Yes. To defend your people. Yes. Yes. And not to attack or kill. I, I mean, they'll defend themselves. Uh, some of them may be able to shoot lightning, uh, but <laughs> not all of them. Architect's like, I want to see the ones that <laughs> shoot lightning, please. Interesting. The two men follow this other man in silence for some time. The man does a great deal to fill the silence himself before you reach what appears to be a simple set of steps descending down into the earth. I, 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 I built this here. It was actually a test run of the diggers at first, and then I figured I could use a place to do things. Uh, and also sometimes things will occasionally not work precisely as intended, uh, and I, I may sometimes have to put things down and usually I prefer that the people here not know that there's a thin um, collection of cogs and gears keeping my machines from digging through dirt and digging through people. (laughs) So I kind of keep it isolated. I'm sorry I haven't cleaned it up recently. I was not expecting royalty. He leads the way down the steps.
4: I think Jordan might be right. Dude,
0: I'm telling you, this is my theory. (laughs) As he makes his way down, Jordan, as you follow, you enter into a room identical to the one in this disconcerting sensation as you almost expect to see the four yourself and your three companions standing in the room as you walk in as you enter into the same room.
2: Wait, 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 wait. So we teleported to a place that's like, what, maybe a couple hundred feet from where we were? You think it's maybe six or seven hundred yards away? Wow.
3: <laughs> Seriously? <laughs>
4: That's
2: All right, insane. well, there's that at least. <laughs>
3: hey, that means I could use Dimension Door to get us back. Uh, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> as, as he makes his way in, he kind of, he turns, you know, claps his hand and whistles. A number of these mechanical, what look to be scarab beetles on the walls, carapaces split back open in the back. Revealing instead of wings, as many beetles would have these basically glowing orbs under them as they light the room as he makes his way in. Uh, I I got tired of carrying lamps. Um, (laughs) This is my workshop. Uh, He kind of gestures around. This is where I make. um, I find that they're not scared if they look like animals. So I make animal things. And this is where I make other He kind of makes his way over and just kind of pulls a tarp down over a pile of different mechanical parts. Uh, Things that definitely aren't weapons intended for anyone that I work under or live in the country of. I see. Just a sec. Yes. Yes. Are you aware of the four wise witches? Yes. They don't particularly like me. Oh, (laughs) Uh, but yes, they, they lead the, the other tribes of the desert. Yes. Yes. Four? Four. Four. Four? Mm. Mm. I may have gotten into a disagreement with a few of them on occasion. Uh, and I may also not receive my magic from more traditional
2: sources. Uh. You're a sorcerer. Wizard. Just a sec. Could be a wizard too, I Arcanist. Guess. Oh, Arcanist. I like that. Arcanist.
0: You derive your spells from reading.
2: Yes, yes. Wizard. Un- unlike I... most of the
0: people out here, it is not a gift of the gods. It is a gift of learning. I read a book. <laughs> Probably more than one. I'm sorry.
2: Wait, wait. Is he apologizing for reading? Is he not allowed to read?
0: Nahamra strokes his chin. You're a wizard. Yes, yes, I am. I I have traveled extensively and have learned a great deal mostly from dead people not necromancy unless you're okay with that (laughs) (laughs) and what have you learned just a sec Hakatep makes his way forward lays a hand on the table looks over the devices scattered around him these are phenomenal. Yes, yes. So there was an ancient people long ago. From what I understand, they were completely killed uh, when Set blocked out the sun and killed killed Osiris and before the rise of Horus. Uh, there were these people that were on the other side of the sea. Yes, I'm familiar with the story of the Aslanti. Yes, and they had clockwork devices. So I may have mastered a degree of magic and dug around... And then I have this. Please don't take it. I really like my shop. Take it. <laughs> How much more could you accomplish, just a sec with a team? A team. I, I, I'm, I, I work alone. Are there things that you could delegate to others? I, I, if they could work in very specific ways, perhaps? I, 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 do you have someone that you want to work with me? I was thinking a couple dozen. I need something. Something very complicated um, maybe i could i could help with the pharaoh holds up a hand are you familiar with the shory y- yes yes aromancers they practice an extraordinarily complex and unique form of aromatic magic uh as well as alchemy. I understand that they're rather masterful of that and some form of crystal magic I'm not particularly familiar with. From what I understand, they derive most of their magical powers from the teachings of an old mage known as Jitembe. But I'm not particularly familiar with them. I believe that their original flying cities were constructed by one of the ten magic warriors. But again, that might be myth. Uh, So in answer to your question, yes, I know a great deal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The Pharaoh nods. You have seen them in our skies? Yes, yes, on occasion, sometimes, in the distance, mostly, towards the mountains. I go to the mountains sometimes, there's dwarves there. (laughs) Yes. What if I told you that there was a way to break their mastery of the skies? I would tell you that I am interested. (laughs) The Pharaoh nods to Nahamra. The priest watches him for a moment, and you can see the shadow cross over the pharaoh's visage as he extends a hand somewhat forcefully. Nahmer inclines his head, reaches in his pack, pulls out a scroll and hands it over. The pharaoh unfurls this. The architect looks this over. This is engineering and magic. Am I able
2: to see this?
0: Uh you can if you wish. You may make an all engineering. I'm going to go so
2: over there and take a peek over his shoulder. Nice. You may make an all engineering if you so wish. Sweet. And of course, my dice have betrayed me in this, the hour of my need. I roll a two for a 12.
0: I'll give this to Sudi. Even with your knowledge of engineering, it would be difficult for you to make heads of tails of this. Adding in the fact that this seems to be a perfect blend of engineering and magic and something else. You would probably need Hollis to make any sense of this. And even Hollis probably couldn't do that with a couple seconds of a glance that you get of this before just a sec looms over it. What is this a weapon? one capable of stopping the shore, a weapon. I'm sorry, Pharaoh, I uh, I, I happened to have uh, lied earlier. Uh, I, I, I've made a lot of weapons. The Pharaoh nods, I was counting on that. And this, this, this would take a very, very long time to make uh, and would need immense power, something much more powerful than just arcane energy. It would need something plainer it would need planar power. Ooh. Yes, 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 that could do it. I must admit your, your workmanship on this, is this you? Yes, with help from a friend. Yes, your work on this is excellent. However, there are a few rudimentary mistakes in the mechanics of this, something I could easily correct and make certain that this works at its peak efficiency. But again, it's uh, it's probably going to take a great deal of time. As in probably centuries. Whoa. For you, I have found that there is a simple solution to any problem. Money. Throw enough bodies at it. I will give you a workforce the likes of which you have never imagined to construct a weapon the likes of which this world has never seen. A weapon that would potentially kill thousands. Possibly. Just a sec, looks back down at this, looks back up but a feat of magic like the world has never seen or lots of people dead okay where do i start the pharaoh smiles behind him you see a deep glower across the face of nahamra and the vision fades sudi as you blink you stare up at the hieroglyphs for the rest of you you've seen sudi kind of pace the room a little bit and sudi as you stand there you've You're staring up at the hieroglyphs, but your one hand is down on the table in the same positions as Hakatep's was when he was looking over the scroll.
2: The room's quiet.
3: (sighs) And this is why in Quantium they require us to take an ethics course.
2: So at least part of the story that we know so far is true. Chisasek was very young when he revolutionized the area. The salt flats that we were just in, Mm -hmm. this is very close to that, within walking distance.
1: Oh, Oh, I wonder what happened to all of the machines. Buried under the sand. Uh, it's possible. I wonder if uh, they see my He may without, have
2: taken them with him.
4: Or if after, I mean, eventually, without maintenance or winding, clockwork will break down.
0: That's true. I do have to wind every day. Mystica, oh wait, no, you wound me yesterday. We're good. <sighs>
4: So if Chisisek didn't tell the people here how to maintain them, or even if he did, and eventually they would break down without repair... Mm-hmm.
2: And he would have... I mean, the Pharaoh seemed very keen on getting him started immediately, so he probably got him I the doubt same day the next Pharaoh day. the Pharaoh
4: would have let him work on his giant flying pyramid super death machine weapon thing
1: out here. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
2: So most likely he would have done it in an extremely remote place.
1: Is this not an extremely remote place? I don't
2: think not they would the do time. it in a remote place.
4: I think they would mm-hmm. do it somewhere that the Pharaoh could keep a close eye on it.
3: They need a lot of bodies for it as well.
2: But at the same time, wouldn't you want to keep it as secret as possible? Because I assume if the Shori sure, you know that there was something being constructed to destroy them, they well, would have to intervene. what
1: its shape was. It was a pyramid. a pyramid. So it would have been completely normal.
3: Oh, wait, was the machine a pyramid or was the pyramid that flew a secondary thing? I, I think it's I the same second thing.
2: Enemy. If I remember right, it's he built this device and a flying pyramid. Because we're gonna use this device to shoot down the flying pyramid. That's what I thought, but I don't know.
0: The implication that you'd received while you were doing your research in Tefu was that there was a you found markings and hieroglyphs depicting a complex number of geometric shapes that you believe was some sort of weapon designed to literally tear flying cities down from the sky. Uh, it was did not appear to be a pyramid. It seemed to be separate from
2: the flying pyramid.
3: Oh, okay. okay, so there are two things.
2: Okay, so I had it right.
3: Well, did you get a good glance at the paperwork? At the design?
2: I could tell you that it's not easily understood. I mean, it's a, it seemed to be a mix of engineering, magic, and something else. I they couldn't even identify. Hmm. Whatever it was, was something they were talking about needing an incredible amount of power for in some kind of unique power source. Planar magic? What kind of thing would that be? Can I make a check? Go ahead and make me a Knowledge Arcana. Oh,
3: okay. Let me roll a 19 on that for a 37. Yep. Planar
0: creatures are beings whose souls and bodies are one. So, for instance, a an elemental or a demon or an angel, they don't have a body that houses their soul. They're one thing, which is why when you kill them in the material plane they just go back if they're summoned as such they're in essence pure soul energy so much as someone can drain the energy from a soul with something like innervation you can also drain the energy from outsiders the most common form of this is a type of device usually referred to as an infernal engine Uh uh-huh yeah Which was used by the Aslanti, was used, you believe, by the Thessalonians, Uh, and rumors hold that at points, so have the Chalaxians. Usually they bind devils and then use the devil's life force to fuel it.
3: That would have been a dangerous proposition. If we find this weapon, it's very possible that it's something like an infernal engine inside, which is... Essentially, beings that are from the, the planes, they are they are just energy that you can use if you are nefarious. And so you essentially drain the life force of those creatures and use it to power your whatever That's machine. Terrible. Generally, people use devils and such because they're evil, I guess. The Aslanti did it. And if you talked about the Aslanti, that would make sense that he knew about it.
2: Okay. And he seemed to have learned this from the Aslanti. Mm hmm. Who you said also used similar technology, right? Yeah, they were kind of Okay then.
1: Well <laughs> you said my uh, ancestor was there as well, yes?
2: Yes, Nahamra was there, but he was much older, so Hakatep had already become Pharaoh. It looked like Nahamra was about seventy? Best guess.
3: Wow. Oh, how old, when, uh, how old did he look in the how old did he look in the vision where he was, was banished and whatnot? He was very old, 90s I mean, the, at least?
2: Yeah, way older than that.
3: All right, so we got 20 years of missing history.
2: Roughly, yes. Which also implies that Jesus expected it would take centuries for him to build it. They must have had an insane amount of people and organization to get it all done in, what, under 20 years?
3: They probably used a lot of palm at dwarves. So we probably can talk to them. They might have someone who remembers.
2: Uh, maybe. Oh!
3: maybe our friend back at camp has a buddy or something that used to work on a secret surprise project. Well, the pharaoh. Wait, so uh, Just a
0: reminder that he was about 2,500 years ago. Hakatep was um, about 6,000 years ago. Yeah, so way we, before. Okay, so
1: like a grandparent. <laughs> weren't you <laughs> able <laughs> to live that long? Ah, weren't, yeah. weren't you able to use uh, some ritual at the camp that allowed you to talk to Sudi's ancestor, could we not use the same spell to talk to Nahamra, my We ancestor? could, but I
3: have to learn the spell first, and I haven't oh. figured it out
1: yet. It's very complex. We haven't
2: really had time for <sighs> studies.
3: Quote-unquote, Jessica says that we need to level up.
1: Because <laughs> it seems like that talking straight to him, he was in on it. Talking to him would be good, I sure as to talk to Mered Hetef.
3: That too.
2: I mean, Nahamra didn't seem to be a fan of the project. Either he wasn't a fan of Chisosek, given his disrespect to the Pharaoh, or, I mean, maybe he didn't want to do the project at all. Either way, there's something about that that makes me think he may not have been super involved in it.
4: I don't know. All the stories you all told me about these visions and everything you gathered, and from your friend on is deductions. It seemed like Maybe Hakatep was blowing out of proportions the Shori threat. Maybe Nahamra agreed with that. Maybe he didn't really think that the Shori were
1: a threat. But he can't talk back against a living god. That's true. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I've never heard of any Shori.
1: Well, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. <laughs> well, Chisisek so, said that they and, did. Well, and he kept saying four
4: wishes, but there's only ever been three. Maybe that's a recent
3: thing.
0: Maybe. Well, recent Uh, centuries. We tend to call them elders, not witches. So that's kind of a weird thing, too.
2: I mean, they might be different from the elders of your tribe, but regardless, Chisisek was definitely of these nomad tribes. But he, I mean, the scale of what he did—he built an entire city, created water from the ground, and farmland within a couple of years.
1: I wonder if if anybody would have been able to do something. Probably would be.
0: I don't know. You're saying something about a fish? Norma kind of waddles his way forward,
2: looking up hopefully. He built what looked like a... I mean, it looked like a river serpent that was kind of moving through the water, and he called something a digger. Said that it was a machine that dug down and brought the water up. And then he built this fish. It kind of looked like you without in the arms and legs that he said would take salt out of salt water
3: and spit it up
2: and yeah spit it up and clean Make the water drinkable. so it was drinkable yes oh my god
0: mashika uh-huh remember when you're messing around with me and then i started making acid maybe yeah. i was supposed to be making salt oh boy maybe my little acid <laughs> reservoir is supposed to be a salt reservoir oh, i could have been constructing instead of destroying
3: He probably didn't get to make more than one if he got yanked off the project. Maybe I
0: have siblings out here.
2: He also implied that the creations that he made would defend themselves, which means he may have made all of them intelligent or at least independent enough to decide they need to attack someone. I mean, I'll defend myself. Yes. So similarly, they may have all had defensive capabilities similar to what you have the acid.
3: So you say we're like 600
4: yards away from the camp? Well, Roughly aren't we yes. going to finish reading this pillar?
2: But oh yes, right. we want to finish the story and see what happened. Looking over the pillar here,
0: it's interesting because this pillar details Chisisek's accomplishments. It details his creation of these animals, the, the spread of the success of this place, the coming of the pharaoh. Strangely here, and you don't know if this is one and the same, it it depicts the pharaoh f- riding down from the sky upon the back of a giant falcon. Um, although the falcon seems to also rain lightning bolts down upon the pharaoh's enemies. Is that something we could
2: roll on? Is there like a bird that shoots lightning or something? Not of th- that you're immediately familiar with. Not one that's big enough to ride four people on?
3: A thunderbird.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was thinking um, of thunderbird, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so this bird also that I was on the pharaoh already was... Very powerful. He had some trained bird and it was big enough for four people to ride on. I mean, comfortably.
3: Hmm.
2: It was bigger than that rock that we saw earlier. I've only, I've never seen something so large in my life.
3: Flying bird that shoots lightning. Okay.
2: I mean, either that or it was enchanted to be able to do something with lightning. Uh,
0: But the continued markers on here seem to detail Chisisek's. It doesn't detail anything about Chisisek's work with the pharaoh. Although it implies here that Chisisek left with the pharaoh and never returned. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Makes sense. However, it also continues to deliver praise upon Chisisek for apparently while he didn't return, caravans started coming out here and apparently the pharaonic forces delivered to the oasis things like silks and fine garments and saffron
2: and spices. Hmm. Chisisek probably had all of his pay going towards keeping his town all right. In business, okay. Well, judging by his
0: appearance, you don't think he cared much for what he was wearing or eating, or yeah. Living. So he's like, <laughs> well, "Oh
2: yeah, you wanna you wanna pay me for this? Uh, just like send stuff to the my town. I don't know."
0: Yeah, you, you don't see any beds back here, but you also wouldn't be surprised if the guy just fell asleep at his desk every day with the way that he was pursuing what after he was w- yeah and what he,
2: how much he was creating. I mean, good lord, where's he getting all the metal to make this?
1: His diggers are digging it up.
2: Apparently, got yeah. his own smelting operation. Either that or that whatever incident in Apec.
1: Yeah, he stole all the bronze from the dwarves. <laughs>
0: but yeah, reading over the last, I mean, there's nothing in here pertaining towards the death of Chisosek.
2: Because they don't know because he wasn't, he didn't die here. Either that, or they saved all of that for his actual tomb, maybe. Well, if we're done, I'm just gonna dimension Doris up. I mean, it seems fine. All right, well, we're done.
3: If you're wrong about this, we're all gonna die in the sand. Gather round.
2: Wait, what? I'm
3: just going to use Dimension Door to go...
2: Maybe we should teleport just to be safe?
3: Dimension Door doesn't have a
2: mischance. You know what a mischance is, Suri? Well, of course not. Why would I know what that is?
3: It means I could just put us randomly in a desert. If luck is not with me this day.
4: Narmer, say goodbye Uh, to your dad.
2: Okay. Does does Hollis have Featherfall prepared? (laughs) (laughs) The fact that he's asking that has me worried.
3: (laughs) Mm, Nah.
0: Yeah, because the... The problem is you can specify a specific place. Like you can say, I want to go over this far, but you don't know the elevation you need to put yourself in because you don't know how far down you are or where the elevation is outside. It's why Dimension Door and Featherfall is always a great thing because you can just be like, I grab all my friends, I say 700 feet straight up, and then I'll just cast Featherfall.
1: Give me a minute. Let me prepare Featherfall. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't make me feel very good about the situation.
2: Mashika. I mean, I put a lot of faith in Hollis's magic anyway, so I'm just going to kind of roll with it.
1: Yeah, armor.
0: When we go through the door, grab onto my feet, and I'll do everything I can to keep you flying.
4: Narmer, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't think you can support my weight.
0: Oh.
3: I, I, All right, I have you. it prepared. I,
0: I do want to point out, though, uh-huh. that I was right. What? Wait, what? That, that you could build me a giant uh, Narmer to climb inside of. <laughs>
1: And then I could fight, uh, fight your right. enemies.
2: Oh my gosh! Can we build armor, mech suit, y'all? We can do With it.
1: Forty five thousand gold, sure, and five hundred pounds of bronze. Yeah, we have the
0: technology, we <laughs> could rebuild me, make me faster, <laughs> stronger.
4: I don't think it's so much rebuilding you as building
1: a thing for you to go in. And Sudi wants ten one. million
2: gold pieces. I'll give mine up <laughs> if Narmer can have one. That sounds way more fun. Yeah, I
1: don't think even the pharaoh has 10 million gold pieces for you. Oh. You should be happy with who you are now.
0: I am actually very happy with who I am. However, it'd be real cool.
4: What would you want your giant suit to be- look like?
0: Just like me, but bigger. Okay. <laughs> the oh. apparatus of the catfish. Oh, and maybe with like laser eyes.
4: Why do you want laser eyes?
0: I just always thought it'd be cool. Spitting up ashes is kind of gross.
4: Masika size. I
0: want to try to swim around and see if I can't like scoop salt out of out of water. Now, though, That'd be remember real neat. you
4: can't swim.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. That was the trade off <laughs> I got for having these amazing legs. <laughs> <laughs> it's my father's legs.
4: Say goodbye to your father. We're leaving.
0: Goodbye, father. I promise to continue to take care of her, and I promise to take care of the others, and I'll keep them safe. Like you've kept everyone safe down here, like half-built antelope and half-built crab.
4: <laughs> Masika <laughs> picks up Narmer.
0: I'll see you soon, Father. At least another, maybe. Well, we know where you live now.
3: <laughs>
0: I can come back down here.
3: A purple doorknob appears, and Hollis turns it. Opens the door. Come bah. on. Uh,
0: so, what is? You have to specify your destination for dimension doors. So, what is your destination?
3: <laughs> Directly up, however many feet. How many feet do you think we need to go up?
2: I mean, I, I. <laughs>
1: I have featherfall now. Go up. Isn't featherfall only good for about a bad? Was it in a mountain
2: feet? or was it just like going down into the ground? Uh, Hollis, your castle level nine.
3: Yes.
0: So bear in mind that your featherfall is good for a distance of five hundred and forty feet.
3: Five hundred and forty feet up.
0: <laughs>
3: okay. Don't you think this that's a little be... excessive?
2: And then we get sucked through the door.
3: Better safe than sorry. I like to say. Sugar prepare. You're gonna to get to fly, honey.
4: There's nothing that
3: high around here. We would have seen it.
2: No, there's just Fashion Ridge.
3: We don't know how deep we are.
2: I mean, it wasn't that deep. It was like a set of stairs going down.
3: Uh, this is about to be years terrifying. ago.
0: I mean, all she's really basically saying is that she's gonna take us. Hundreds of feet in the air, and you have to be 100% certain that she's going to cast a spell that will keep you from falling to your utter death. It's like I, the ultimate trust fall. Was, uh,
3: trust fall. It's a team building exercise for all well, of Hollis us. let's just teleport us back. But I could be wrong if I teleported us and we could end up in some other dust blown city.
4: It's That's better yeah, than being a smear in the sand.
0: I mean, what if we miss and then we just end up
2: at this Chissus tomb?
1: I think that would be too lucky.
2: Our luck's not that good. Let's just get this over with.
1: I got a Featherfall. We'll be
2: fine. I 100% trust you. Then Narma
0: leans over towards Masika.
1: Narma, you can fly. I can fly. Masika
4: (laughs) hugs Narma to her chest like a child would a teddy bear and starts praying to Ta. (laughs) Let me look up Featherfall.
2: You still didn't mention (laughs) that you followed Ta, by the way.
4: (laughs) She mentioned it when she did those divinations and had to pray to the gods.
2: Oh, it wasn't relevant at the time, so I didn't remember it.
4: (laughs) One medium or small free-falling object or creature per level.
2: Okay, so you can definitely do all of this. Okay, cool.
4: Yeah, Masika is squeezing Narmer
3: and praying. All right, everyone, let's go. I open the door and I shove us all through it.
2: (laughs) Very well. So, so how far up do do we actually end up?
0: I believe you said 540 feet is Uh what you're shooting up. Okay. So, you follow her through. Unlike the teleportation, there isn't that like whoosh sound of displaced air or any of the rest of that. It's more like falling through a door. Uh, something that the party's done a couple of times after up till this point as you guys have been teleporting short distances other than the big teleport. You step free into the daylit sky. The wind whistles past you, and immediately you go into instant freefall as you begin to plummet down <laughs> towards the ground before Hawks Magic screams out whatever the completion word for her featherfall is
3: Sugar Save Us!
0: Sure, the oh, moment she's
3: like, if you wait a second, oh, sure, the dying. moment when
0: she's just like, oh, hell, oh, this isn't happening. She just like leaps out and starts gliding away. Yeah, she does <laughs> Masika, a clumsy
3: fly. Masika Everyone is screaming. Themselves. And then you're you, floating because we're falling slowly.
0: You begin to gently float. And mind you, you're actually still descending at a speed of 10 feet per second. So that's actually still faster than an elevator. Uh, so you're still descending pretty quick, but it's still. You, you cast not a spell, so
2: f- right? Huh? Why do oh, I still no.
0: feel like we're falling? You're I okay, shooty we won't hit terminal velocity, you'll be fine.
1: Terminal, terminal velocity? <laughs> velocity. And
2: why do I not want to hit it?
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, you just emerge into open azure sky before steadily beginning to slowly float down towards the ground below. After a moment, oh, it's actually it's almost here. a little peaceful uh since it will take you about a f- yeah, almost a full minute to gently float your way down. So, it's kind of like skydiving at a very low
2: altitude. This is, how, this is how you actually do skydiving right here. It's like, yeah. instead of pull the chute, the wizard's just like, halt.
3: Yeah.
0: Spread, spread your arms, Mashika. This is what
4: it's like to fly. Meshika's eyes are closed.
1: <laughs> <You know? laughs> I figure once Citra gets over the initial fear and the initial plummet, she's probably just kind of like floating around enjoying it. Oh.
4: If an armor needed to breathe, he would be choking right now. I'm just throwing that out there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Meshika, let me go. I want to help.
4: No. Don't leave me, Narmer.
0: He sticks sticks his little wings out and starts flapping to make Masika do like slow, small circles around the parties you descend down. (laughs) I don't know how I fly either. Magic. Eventually, though, all of you descend down and your boots touch the ground. I see see that Citra didn't inherit her ancestral fear of Heich.
1: Oh, no. I have a fear of being buried alive.
0: Oh, that's pretty much the opposite.
2: Yes. Mm. All right, well. Oh, that was fun. I mean, we were okay. basically
0: buried alive just a minute ago, because if, if Hollis had had a sudden, uh, I don't know, allergic attack or something and died, we would have been buried there forever. <laughs>
1: you know? I try not to think about that.
0: It's true. I mean, if anyone's going to outlive us, it's going to be Hollis.
1: Well, she's that an elf, of course. unfortunately true.
0: It's true. Or maybe Sugar.
3: Mm. She'll sure, as long as I do.
0: That's true. And then probably for a couple of years after you bite it, mm, that's fair. Till the magic
3: anyway. wears
2: off, or I can find another wizard.
3: Mm. <laughs> good luck on that.
2: Yeah. You're doing that thing where you cluck at your chicken again.
3: Oh, uh, she's just saying she'll probably outlive me by a couple of years till the magic wears off, or she might find another wizard. And I told her good luck, but not in a sassy way, just in a real way.
2: Okay. As long as it wasn't <laughs> something important, we, we start walking back
0: to town. It doesn't take you long. I imagine you return back to the town. I don't know if you plan on gathering yourselves
2: together or just, uh, I mean, we still got to go find, uh, the tomb. Just a sex tomb. Yes. Well, we got to meet up with our
1: our door friend. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, are you planning on leaving today or are you waiting for? I I
4: mean, it's only what? Mid-morning. If that we spent, what, maybe an hour in the tomb. Yeah. Give or take.
0: Yeah. But if we teleport
4: in
3: there, we can't get out. Well, That's I also do not have the other spell for reading his mind prepared because uh, I had to so Maybe we want to do that
2: tomorrow. And then we do you have enough magic to take him with us if we do a teleport? No. Mm. She's not a high enough caster. Then we will not be doing that.
4: We might as well just start out on the camels today.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that'd be fun. fair enough.
0: All so right. suppose you gather yourselves together, gather your equipment. Citra lets Falto know that she's leaving. Falto nods. Well, uh, we're going to make our way to the Merchant's Oasis once we're done digging everything up here. So should we just meet you there or should we start heading in the direction to meet you out in the desert?
1: I think you should probably go to the Merchant's Oasis first. That way, if in case you need to resupply or anything.
0: No, he nods, leans in, gives you a kiss. Be safe. You too. I'm the embodiment of safety.
1: Eh, Sometimes. You are a little brash. From off to the side, Masika snorts.
4: (laughs) She's known Falto like a month and she already knows, yeah, that guy's not the embodiment of safety.
3: (laughs) I don't think any of us are.
4: (laughs)
0: We're adventurers. Of course we're not being safe. All right. I'll see you when you get back. Indeed. So I imagine all of you collect your compatriot nods. We should probably make our way north first and then curve around. The sand dunes north, well... When I was last out here, the sand dunes, north and east, were a lot larger than they are directly north. Kind of skirt around the outside and make our way over.
1: Masika, does that sound about right? Yeah, actually, that's that's pretty on point.
0: It turns out that the desert is eternal and unchanging.
4: Well, that's not true at all.
0: (laughs) More never changes. The dwarf shakes his head. (laughs)
4: Masika leans over towards Citra. So when Sudhi was mumbling and, you know, was saying what Chisisek was saying, did it
1: sound like Narmer to you? A little bit. It was a bit unnerving. <gasps> okay, just checking. Yeah. Does that mean <laughs> Chisisek could possibly be Narmer? I don't know. What powers the gem, to be 100% perfectly honest? Oh, that's kind of interesting. I wonder if we could, like, unlock some memories somehow.
0: It's a soft rustling sound, and you look down, and there's a chicken sitting between you. She stares <laughs> up intently at the two of you. Cluck, cluck.
1: Yes, so you heard all stories. of that, you can go tell Hollis in a minute.
0: She just kind of box, wiggles her way in, and fluffs up a little bit, and just kind of waits.
4: <laughs> waits for what? Masika reaches out and Drama. tentatively pets sugar.
0: She makes this chicken sigh before hopping up and walking away. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are obviously done talking. M- She's Mashika. like that. She doesn't like to be pet.
1: Yeah, she doesn't. Pet her all the time.
0: Oh, is that just what they tell me?
4: She left when I pet her. Narmer, she doesn't like us.
0: It's probably the fact that I smell like oil. Also acid. A little bit. (laughs) Oh, maybe maybe I can scent my acid with something. Like jasmine. (laughs) What if I eat a lot of jasmine?
4: You're not eating jasmine.
0: What do we have in this pack? Ooh, saffron.
4: (laughs) You're not eating the saffron. That's for cooking.
0: I mean, at the, very it's least, expensive. at the very least when my acid slowly totally devouring my enemies, they'll smell
2: nice.
3: Eat some of Suti's nice incense.
2: Oh, I can Wait, eat some no, incense. No, 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 not my incense. I need Oh, that. I can
0: stuff myself full of honey.
1: <laughs> I think that's a bad idea. That is very well, sticky. That, you would just be covered kind. in sand.
0: <laughs> psychedelic. Sounds sticky. The party, I imagine, gathers up the ancient ranger taking the shotgun position. I think Sudi drives, yes?
4: Yep. Sudi yes. drives. Uh, Masika would be riding one camel and her other camel with her supplies b- tied to the back of the wagon.
0: And then the uh, the ladies in the, in the wagon. And the wagon begins to make its way off. And behind you can see the array of tents of people left behind in your wake in the ruined city i can only imagine city can probably look back and for a moment you can almost envision that green lushness of this place and then wonder what other considering the odd things that you'd seen in your vision of just before what he may have actually decided to take with him to the grave as you set off to go and find this tomb
2: Oh boy, it's gonna have so many clockworks, you guys. We'll find like, it out so many when golems. we
4: we'll find it out when we unlock just the six memories in Narmer's <laughs> special stone. Okay.
2: Somebody, somebody's got a uh, Golem Bane scarab, right? You know like what? You know when you might find it out
0: next week. Smooth transition. I that
1: was I am gonna laugh though. If if just a second armor, that would be hilarious.
2: Oh my god! I love I love that headcanon so much. I'm my own grandfather.